Hey everyone, I'm Jen Garrett and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. On this podcast, we are going to talk about how to succeed in business and in life by putting winning strategies into practice to help you advance faster. So if you're looking to move forward and reach that next level of greatness, then you are in the right place. Now get ready. Let's suit up, show up and move the ball. Hey everyone, Jen Garrett here. It's so great to be back with you on another episode of Move the Ball. Now, if you haven't already done so, be sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also leave us a review. So now today, inside the huddle with us and ready to help us to move the ball is a very special guest, Mr. Bryce Weiler. Now, Bryce, I've been looking forward to talking with him for so long on this show because he has just an incredible story, which you'll hear about. Bryce is the co-founder of an amazing nonprofit organization called the Beautiful Lives Project, which we will talk about. And Bryce was born four months premature. He developed an eye condition called retinopathy, which caused him to be blind. But Bryce had this passion for sports, and it led him to commentating on sports broadcasts. And also, he began developing programs for fans with disabilities, which I'm really excited to talk about today. And then also, Bryce has his passion in in sports. He teamed up with some uh, sports organizations, such as the Baltimore Orioles and the New Britain Bees baseball teams, which we'll also talk about. So, Bryce, welcome to the show. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, I, I love your story. You reached out a while back on LinkedIn, and I'm so glad that you did because I'm really excited to talk to you today. You are one of those people that are just doing incredible things and you know how to move the ball. So again, a pleasure to have you on the show with us. So let's first start off this conversation just by talking about you and and who you were as a kid. And I'm sure many people listening here have no insight into what it's like to live a life being blind. So can you just share with us what that was like for you as a kid and growing up? It was always really normal for me because since I was born four months premature, I've been blind my entire life. So it was not anything different to not know what my family looked like or to not know what colors are, such as red or green or blue. And I really had lots of people who helped me be successful in my life. My family took me to many doctors to have them look at my eyes, and those were in Detroit, Michigan, and St. Louis as well. So I'm really grateful for all the people who I had helped me throughout my life. Great. And can you share with us, like, how did you keep going every day? I know this was the normal for you ever since you were a kid. Did you have certain things you would do to kind of make sure that you're in a positive, upbeat mood in the morning, get your mindset right, anything like that? I just always tried to work my hardest and to overcome any obstacles and challenges that I was facing in my life or people not thinking that I can do things since I could not see. And any of our lives, we have good days and we have bad days. And so can you share with those listening, how would you deal with the bad days? Can you give an example of a bad day, how you got through it, and some advice that you may give to someone as they're going through bad days? I mean, we're going through an uncertain time right now with the coronavirus. There's a lot of people that are uh, unsure of what the future holds for them. So just give us some advice as well. I don't really have any bad days. I try to make every day be as best and as positive as it can be. Whenever someone doubts my skills to do a job or to commentate a game on the radio, I just try to prove to them that I can do these things. And if they still don't want to let me, then I just move on and try and find another person who wants to give me an opportunity to do whatever it is I'm seeking or or striving to do. If people try to make every day be the best 
that it can be and try to do what they can to help others or to make their life be as fantastic as it possibly can be, then they're going to have a great day every day and no day is going to be a bad day. I love that because I also have that same philosophy that you, you do what you can each day to make it as good of a day as it can be. You can't uh, control everything that happens around you, but you always have the ability to control what you do and how you end that day. And so thank you for sharing that. So besides, you know, you've had this challenge with not being able to see, but you've had an amazing vision in your life. And you're one of those people that I know loves to help others to really make a difference in the lives of people with disabilities. And you co-founded this nonprofit organization called the Beautiful Lives Project. Talk to us about the history of how the Beautiful Lives Project got started uh, and the mission of it. The Beautiful Lives Project has been around since May 2017 when I emailed the owner of the New Britain Bees professional baseball team, Anthony I. Cavone, and I explained to Anthony how I'd been fortunate enough to sit on the basketball bench when I was in college thanks to the invitation of the former uh, Purple Aces men's basketball coach, Marty Simmons, who gave me the opportunity to sit on his basketball bench, which changed my life and gave me the opportunity to be around sports. Through that, I wanted to give back to help individuals of all disabilities to be able to live their dreams by playing on the court or the field with their favorite sports teams, by doing programs in, in nature, by doing programs in music, art, performing with a cheerleading team or a dance team. And those are, are, are some of all the categories we have now with the nonprofit. Great. And so let's talk about the logo for the Beautiful Lives Project for a minute. There's a, there's a lot of significance into the design of that logo. So tell people, what does the logo look like? And then break down the elements and the different meanings behind it. So the logo has a hand that has uh, five fingers on it. And that actually stands for our five platforms of programs in sports, programs in nature, programs in art, and then programs as well in music and uh, cheerleading as well. So the, the five fingers on the hand really stand for the, the five categories that we have Great. And you guys have a lot of different chapters. I know that the organization has only been around for a few years, but you've got chapters in California, Texas, Illinois, the Carolinas, Connecticut, Wisconsin, uh, New York. And so tell people a little bit more about the chapters and all the great things that they're doing. With every Beautiful Lives Project chapter, they set up programs in their own city or town to help individuals of all disabled groups be able to play on the field with a sports team to to perform with a cheerleading team or a dance team our our Dallas chapter president Stacy Apple she does events with with all sorts of, of places with the Texas Legends basketball team with with Hugs Cafe so every chapter president has their own types of events and programs that they work on and it's all whatever is present in their given city or town. So some people do more sports programs. Some people do more programs with, with art or people learn how to do quilting or they do things with a cheerleading or a dance team. Great. And tell us, what was the very first event ever that you guys did with the Beautiful Lives Project? The first event was in July of 2017, where people of all disabilities were able to play on the field with the New Britain Bees baseball team. I actually ran those programs out on the East Coast for the past three summers. And then uh, we have a different man now who stepped in to take over those programs for me. And Tony Genfredo is doing a great job running those programs 
on the East Coast, helping people of all disabilities to live their dreams in the New Britain, Hartford area. And Tony's even went over to Boston to do some even programs as well. Well, I love that. And how did that feel for you actually participating in that first event for the organization? Being able to give back and to help individuals of all disabilities to be able to live their dreams was something that was really exciting for me and something that I never knew if I would be able to have that opportunity or not. So to have that first program, the first field of dreams program was really great for me because it was something that I'd wanted to do for a long time and just to see it finally happen. I love that. And something I've talked about always is being able to move the ball is not just about what you do for yourself. It's about what you do to make an impact in the lives of others. And there's a chapter in my book that talks about it too. And so I think what you're doing with the Beautiful Lives Project is amazing. So talk to us about what are some of the things that you've got going on upcoming with the organization? We're always looking to set up more events and programs across the country. We're always looking for new chapter presidents who want to help us with setting up events and programs. And our website, if individuals would like to pull that up, is www.beautifullives.org. And that website is beautifullives.org. Because it's important to have as many chapter presidents as we can to serve individuals of all disabilities in large cities and small towns all across the country and the world as well. Because if someone wants to run a chapter in a foreign country, we'd be willing to, to help teach them how to fundraise and we're always looking for individuals to sponsor events and programs to help us through fundraising and to help us through investing in smiles. That's awesome. And we will be, be sure to have all your website and any other links uh, in the show notes as well so people can check out the Beautiful Lives Project. I love everything that you guys are doing and I would encourage those listening to check out the website, get involved, invest in smiles uh, as well because it is, uh, it's truly an amazing feeling to know that you're giving back and making a difference in the lives of other people. Anything else you want to share about the Beautiful Lives Project with us? If anyone would ever like to contact me to learn more about it, they can do so. They can call me or text me if they would like. My phone number is 812-899-5673, 812-899-5673. They can also email me at Bryce at BeautifulLives.org, B-R-Y-C-E at BeautifulLives.org. And last year in 2019, we helped serve over 3,000 people of all disabilities to help them live their dreams across the country. It's amazing. And we'll also put those, if you're okay, Bryce, we'll put those in the show notes as well so people can get a hold of you and see how they can be involved. Yes, that would be fantastic. Awesome. So let me uh, switch to a, a different topic. So you've been, I've really admired your drive and your determination and just learning about the different things that you've done in your life to be connected with uh, different sports organizations to again, help people make a difference uh, in the lives of people with disabilities. So talk to us about you. In setting up these events, you had to write lots of letters to sports teams. And what gave you that desire to start reaching out? And did you ever have someone reach back to you and say, no, we're not interested or just not respond? I still have sports teams who email me back and say they're not interested or they don't respond to me. But every time I do another event with Baltimore's baseball team or with other teams that I work with, I just send that to the people who said they weren't interested in any, any media coverage that I might get or any positive thoughts or, or comments about that because 
people can always change their minds. So just because someone tells me they're not interested in it or they don't respond the first time that I may send them something, I always try a second, third, even a fourth time sometimes if I really think it's something that that team could be interested in doing. I think that you bring up a great point because sometimes people try – you know, to reach out once, they don't hear back, they get discouraged, they give up, and they move on. And I think it's important for us to remember that sometimes people aren't going to respond to that initial inquiry, and so it's important to try again. Now, that being said, you don't want to be a pest and just continue to bombard them because they likely will not respond because they'll get annoyed. But if you have something of value to share in another uh, message, to absolutely go back and reach out to that person a second time or a third and share more about what you're doing and maybe uh, on that first uh, read of that initial message they weren't interested but as they see what you're doing and uh, the value that you can bring and the potential benefit to them by partnering then they may respond to that second or third message so I'm glad that you shared that so talk to us about commentating so you not only you know you have this great uh nonprofit organization, but you also do commentating for sporting events. And so you do research about different athletes and their backgrounds so that you can bring a different perspective to the game versus what's happening on the field of play, so to speak. So tell us a little bit more about that. I will research both teams, players and coaches. If it's basketball, I will go out and I will shoot free throws on the court before the game so I can figure out if the rim is loose or tight and figure out if the ball is going to bounce in over the front of the rim if you shoot it short or if it's going to kick hard off the back of the rim and I save all those facts away for the broadcast I also studied the style of the play-by-play broadcaster who I'm working with because he or she is the true star of the commentary I'm just there to speak about what's happening during the game and try to help that the main play-by-play broadcaster be as great as he or she can possibly be. So I really enjoy being able to commentate games because that's how I grew up listening to sports. And I love telling the story of players and coaches, especially in sports such as women's basketball, women's soccer, and softball, because those sports did not get the coverage that they truly should so I like telling stories of the players and coaches and how they're just a part of the world as, as everyone else is. That's great. And the thing I really like about that, too, is you're bringing a very different element to the game, too, right? It's not just the normal play-by-play announcing, as you mentioned. And so you really do have this differentiated value, which is important for all of us to think about how can we be bringing differentiated value to our workplace, to the teams that we're a part of, because that's really what's going to separate you from the other people out there is your unique contributions to whatever it is that you're working on. It's important to do that and also being willing to give others a chance who may not have had that opportunity. I've worked with companies in the past to help them make their websites more accessible and to hire individuals of all disabilities for jobs at various companies across the country. Because just because a person is blind or deaf or in a wheelchair or having autism, that does not mean that that he or she cannot be a great fit for a company. And just because a job may have to be tailored a little bit differently, that doesn't mean that that person just should never have that opportunity for that job. So that's also something people could email, call me or text me about. I would love to help more companies to hire individuals of all disabilities for for jobs. It could be at a restaurant, 
at another type of business or a sports team. It doesn't matter because a job is a job. And a person who is blind in a wheelchair, having autism, whatever the case might be, they are, they are people as well. And I've had extensive work making jobs accessible in, in a wide range of, of businesses for large and small companies and in many sectors across the country as well. And you also work with the Baltimore Orioles um, doing that same consultancy type of work. Talk to us a little bit more about some of the things that you do there and in the stadium. I have been the Orioles Disability Consultant since 2016. I have helped Baltimore become the first team in sports to wear Braille on their jerseys to honor people who are blind and to show the importance of people who are blind learning how to read Braille. And that event was quite important for the world as a whole because sports teams often don't want to step into these these, these issues and challenges people face because when a person becomes blind partway through their life, they often feel nervous about learning how to read Braille or learning how to use a cane. But Baltimore, with that event, said it's okay to be blind and it's okay to learn how to read Braille because it can open up the books to you, newspapers, and the entire world as a whole. In addition, I have given Orioles fans of all disabilities the opportunity to play on the field with the Orioles players and coaches before two Orioles home games last year at Camden Yards. I have worked to make Baltimore Spring Training Stadium, Ed Smith Stadium, as well as the home stadium, Camden Yards, accessible for fans of all disabilities, ensuring that tactile strips were properly placed on stairs, checking handrails, checking braille signs, and, and various other things throughout both stadiums to ensure that fans of all disabilities have the best experience possible. That's great. And so where are you looking to go in the next couple of years? Something that I talk about a lot is when you're setting goals, we have these big goals and it's important to focus on the next first down, so to speak, which is that next mini milestone. So what does that look like for you? What are you working on, Bryce? I always try to get more sports teams to do these types of programs, but it's not something that I can always guarantee. So maybe some of your listeners can, can talk to their friends who may work for sports teams or even own a sports team and, and tell them, hey, we think Bryce can really do this type of work because it's something that I'm always striving to do. I never really know when I'm going to, to get my next team. I have a team coming up in uh, soccer that I'm going to be helping, and, and that was rather unexpected. So I never know when that next person is going to want to give me that opportunity. So in some ways, it can be hard to, to set a goal and say I want to have three or five teams two years from now or, or things like that when I'm really just waiting on that person to, to give me that opportunity. So that's what I hope for every day. And that's why I try to stay positive every day, hoping for that next opportunity and trying to do what I can to help others to overcome obstacles and challenges in their own lives, no matter if they are blind in a wheelchair or they don't have any challenges such as that, but they may have different challenges such as just having lost their job or, or having struggles in their own personal life. I love that. And so anyone listening that has ties to a sports organization, please reach out to Bryce if you think there could be an opportunity to explore having him help as a, as a consultant. He's doing some fantastic work, and I know that he would just make a great contribution to any team. So Bryce, what I want to do now is I want to transition to my two-minute drill, which is just seven fun questions that let us get to know about you a little bit more in a different way. Are you ready? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Here we go. So share with us, what is your favorite food? 
My favorite food would be fried chicken, mashed potatoes with gravy, green beans, and apple pie. Sounds delicious. How about, what is your favorite movie? I don't really listen to movies very much at all, unless I'm forced to. I do like television shows. Uh, so I listen to shows on the History Channel, The Price is Right, Jeopardy, and Wheel of Fortune. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite history show that you listen to? I really like uh, Pawn Stars and The Pickers Show. Okay. Now, how about who is your favorite sports team, professional sports team? I have many favorite teams and, and not so much teams that I am a fan of, but teams who, who really do great programs for fans of all disabled groups. And, and those would be the, the Atlanta Braves and the Colorado Rockies. So after, after studying how, how sports teams think towards fans of all disabilities, it really shifted my thoughts on actually being a fan of sports teams because I know how willing or unwilling these teams are to do these types of programs and to make their stadiums more accessible. So my thoughts on sports teams are a lot different than they were in 2012 or 2013 before I really started doing this type of work full time. Okay. And now what is the best piece of advice you've gotten from a coach or a mentor? People have always told me that I'm going to have to leave the best first impression that I can because since I'm blind, people are always going to doubt me anyway. So I have to be really on top of my game the first time that I meet someone and always try to stand up straight. That's an interesting perspective because I, I do think that uh, – I think we understand the importance of making a good first impression, but sometimes we underestimate – how important it is and you know you don't know just because you may be able to see um, or don't have any physical disabilities that doesn't mean that somebody already doesn't have a negative opinion of you or thinking that you may be challenged in some way so we should all I think having disabilities or not be focused on looking at how we can give the best first impression uh, to anybody so it's not just person that is facing a disability but how about what is the best piece of advice you would give someone always try to help people to overcome obstacles and challenges. And just because you may ask someone for help, someone who's blind or someone who's in a wheelchair and they might turn you down or they might get really upset at you for asking them for help, you should always ask the next person who's blind in a wheelchair or any person for that matter who might need help because they really, they might need your help. Furthermore, just because someone looks different than you or they may act different, you shouldn't judge them on that. You should try to get to know them as a person. And don't base your thoughts on the opinions of your friends or the stereotypes you may read about on the internet or, or in a newspaper. Try to form your own thoughts and opinions on, on people and the things they're trying to do in the world. Great piece of advice. Now, how about this? What is one thing that most people don't know about you? I can tell the dates and the states on, on state quarters by touching various quarters, whether that's the Michigan quarter or the Georgia quarter or the Indiana quarter. And I did that by just feeling them for years and years and years when I, were, when I was younger. When I changed back, uh, it's really interesting to figure out what the state quarter is and, and to surprise people that I can actually do that, tell the state and the date just by touching that coin. Oh, that's awesome. And then my last question is, if you could be any superhero, who would you be and why? I would like to be a superhero who could cure children being born with 
challenges in their life, whether that's any disability, blindness or, or having autism or things such as that. I know that would put me out of work at a point in my life, but I would really like there to be no more people born who are blind or in wheelchairs, having autism, things like that would make the world such a better place. And these people wouldn't have to worry about growing up being judged their entire life and how to battle and overcome that. So well, let's talk about that. And, and that would be a great superhero to have around. How do you deal with being judged? Like, how do you mentally stay strong um, and deal with people that judge you? I just try to show them that I can do whatever it is I'm trying to do, whether it's commentate a game or, or even help them to hire people of all disabled groups for their companies. And, and sometimes they just don't want to do it or they tell me that they do it and I go see how many employees they have who, who, who are blind or, or whatever the case might be. And it's only at about two and a half percent or, or some small number. And they told me, oh, we, we have 7% here at our company. So just, be, just because someone judges me or they don't think that I can do something, I do try my hardest to convince them that I can. And, and once, once I figure out that they're not going to change their mind at that point in time, I just move on to the next person. But I will send that person thoughts every so often, maybe once every couple months, or when I have an article written about the next company that I've helped hire individuals of all disabilities, or the next sports team that I've helped give fans of all disabilities the opportunity to play on the court or the field, I will, I will just send that person that article and say, you know, really hope you can read this article. We're still hoping we could talk about how I could change the lives of the individuals who work for your team or for your company. Well, that's great. And you're doing so much already to change the lives of many people. So I appreciate everything that you're doing out there to really move the ball and make a difference. So Bryce, as we end today's show, any last thoughts for our listeners? Don't let barriers and obstacles stand in your way. Always try to break down the barriers and obstacles that you have in your life. Be thankful for the people who've helped you throughout your life. Always try to thank them for what they've done and always try to do your level best to help people because everyone needs help and always be willing to accept help because even when you may think you don't need help or you think you can do something on your own, that can, that can lead to a great friendship and a great bond throughout the rest of your life and the life of the other person or people you may be interacting with. Great final thoughts. Thank you so much, Bryce, for being on the show. It's been a true pleasure. Thank you so much, Jen, for having me on. And thank you to everyone for listening. And we will talk with you on the next episode. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.jenniferagarrett.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.